Hmm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Salesforce Simplified. I'm your host for today, at least, Andy Whiteside. I've got uh, our main host, Derek Assis. This today, he's going to be kind of a kind of a contributing guest host. I'm going to walk him through a bunch of dumb questions because I'm I'm really good mm -hmm. at dumb questions because I have a lot of them. Uh, and also, in addition to that, we have Fred Reynolds, who is part of the uh, Modern Apps Practice with mm -hmm. Derek, our Modern Apps Practice built around Salesforce and ServiceNow. And if you are a um, if you're a customer of either one of those products, but specifically today, Salesforce, and you do not feel like you're getting the value out of the product, then you're doing it wrong. And whoever you're working with is doing it wrong. And we need to help you with a uh, true advisement. We're going to do some of that today. Uh, Derek, how's it going? It's good. Going, going real good. I am excited to ask you dumb questions about Salesforce because I know what I do with it, but I don't know what else it can do. And I think I'm going to find out a lot today on that. Uh, Fred, you got your dumb questions queued up? You know what? I'm so excited as well because I can join in on the dumb questions and I actually really want to learn a lot more about it. So I'm excited about today. No, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Only the one not asked, right? That's right. So, uh, so Derek, we uh, you brought this blog forward. You said they do it every year after Dreamforce because they got a lot of new buzz and a lot of attention. And the title of it, What Does Salesforce Do?, uh, you shouldn't have to have a blog like this if it was simple, but it's not simple because they do so much. I was overwhelmed at Dreamforce. Why Why bring this blog forward today? Yeah, I just think it's a good level set. Um, you know, it, it's it, Salesforce has the word sales in it, in the name. And, you know, sometimes people get uh, tunnel vision in what the, the platform can do and or don't realize what it does just from a high level perspective. So I thought this was a good blog to kind of walk through from, you know, from a high level, kind of what the platform has to offer in various aspects of a business. Yeah, and step one is it's not a product or an app, it's a platform. Correct. Yeah. All right. So there's about five paragraphs here trying to explain what Salesforce does. Help us digest these five paragraphs in, um, I would say layman's terms, but maybe a little layman, and a little techie all at the same time. Yeah. I mean, the first part of this is really talking about you know, if you've got if you've got a customer, then you've got customer data, and the word like the days of siloed data is no more, right? And what I mean by that is when people used to walk around with their laptops and have customer data in Excel spreadsheets, and you know, if if Tom had it, then Fred had no idea what he had on his laptop. So with a platform, you can create what Salesforce likes to um, call the customer three hundred and sixty which is a complete end-to-end -end vision of your customer for anybody. So all the touch points, all the aspects of your customer in one pane of glass, if you will. And traditionally that's their, their customer relationship management software, CRM, otherwise known as sales cloud. Okay, that's, that's the um, customer-oriented data Yep. in CRM, aka sales cloud. That's the uh, that's the the granddaddy, the foundational piece of the uh, platform. Yeah, that's kind of where the platform started. Um, I mean, their you know their their stock ticker is CRM, so it's at the root. <laughs> um, but yeah, that this is where the platform kind of started from, and you know, from a CRM perspective, and then grew from there. Just you know, and as we go through this document, you'll see kind of you know the other aspects of of what this thing, of what the platform has to offer, but. Yep. At the root of it, the key takeaway here is, is visibility and 
connecting with your customer, right? So Salesforce will call, they call themselves the, the customer company. And the whole idea is to enable the, the their customers that use the platform to do the same thing with their customers, to connect at the levels and personalization that the customers are expecting in 2023, which is where we're, you know, where we're at right now, where I want to, I don't want to tell them that I bought, you know, 40, 40 pairs of shoes. I want them to know that, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to go from there into there. Is it fair to say that was the first real um, CRM born in the cloud that was scalable, extensible, had all the cloud benefits is but how much of the Salesforce story benefited from being born natively in the cloud? Yeah, well, it, it was it was one of the first. So Salesforce really was transformational from the perspective of when they created Salesforce, it started in the cloud, but also it started as a subscription based product. Right. It was it was Mark Benioff saying, you know, why why can't business data be as easy as buying something from Amazon? Mm-hmm. It wasn't at the time. And so that's that was, you know, how the 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 founders started yeah. this whole thing, right? Was making it easy, making it easily accessible, but also secure, but easily accessible for everybody using it. And what was the book you had me start reading that uh, the Benioff book, uh, the early one, the first one? Behind the Clouds. Behind the Cloud. Yeah, I've learned a lot in the first opening section in the first chapter around his background and why this just made sense to, to start the way he started and when he started. Um, all right, so Fred, Here's your first chance. First dumb question you want to ask before we move on to the next section. Thank you for that opportunity. So, so Derek, I guess what I would ask is everybody typically, well, thinks they know what Salesforce is. Um, one thing interesting here, it talks about a customer relationship management, right? That's what CRM is for. But is it internal or is it external? Because for me, most people use Salesforce as an internal view of managing what they have going on. How much of it is customer facing for them? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good question. Um but you can, so it depends on how you want to deploy it. Traditionally, you know, if you're working with a customer, it's going to be the customers that they serve, but it doesn't have to be, right? So this is the the age old, it matters answer that I'm going to give you. Sure. Um, so, you know, you could, let's just give an example, right? If, you, if you're a business and you've got partners and internal business partners that you work with, you could put them in the CRM sales cloud. You can also put all your, B to you know your your B to C uh, customers in there, right? So it's it can be business to business, it can be business to customer, um, it can also be inward facing from a service perspective, like if you're thinking about employee management things like that. Uh, but that gets into more of the service side of the platform as opposed to the CRM sales side of it. Sure, perfect. Derek, the next session says, "How does Salesforce work?" Yep. So do you know? Do I know how it works? Yeah. Uh, like I don't. I really, I, um, I'll say no. And I'm probably right. Cause when you answer the question, I'm sure whatever I thought was going to be wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a multi-tenant meaning that, you know, you've got multiple companies in the same cloud instance, but not sharing data. Uh, think of like an apartment complex, right? They all share the front door, but they've got their own apartment. Um, multi-tenant cloud-based platform uh, that lives in what they're calling now, um, it's built on Hyperforce, right? Which is 
a cloud native architecture, leveraging public clouds, think AWS, uh, that gives a whole lot of flexibility and agility from the, like, so if you have, you know, you need your data residency to be in one spot or another, the platform is configurable from that perspective. Um, it's subscription based, right? And you get three upgrades a year. What that means is that the days of, you know, sitting in a data center, upgrading servers and whatnot are non-existent. You literally get uh, email saying that you're going to get the new release. Uh, and then you come back to work the next day. And once the new releases are there, you can take advantage of them. If you, if there's something you don't want, you can, you, you can choose not to use the update, uh, but there's nothing that you need to do from an update perspective. And that was really the, the big, the big win from a perspective of enterprise, um, you know, business IT management is that there's really nothing that you have to do from the perspective of, of upgrading this software. You get it, you get three upgrades a year, you continue to use it and you pay your subscription fees. Yeah. Fred, um, question on that one? No, I'm actually good right now. That was actually good. Um, I mean, the only thing that comes to mind around you say something like that is security, right? But I understand how these platform works. I know they're secure. So most people who would not know would probably be concerned. You tell me it's, um, you know, everybody a apartment with a front door, but something the data is very sensitive to each customer. So maybe something on that, Derek, around the security of the platform itself. Yeah, I mean, so it, it is, you know, multi-tenancy. So like what I said, think about an apartment complex, but also the... Um, the data is extracted away from the configuration. So what I mean by that is that you've got configuration, what they call metadata, and then yeah, you've cool. got your data. Uh, and there, it's extremely restricted on who has access to the data from the perspective. Like you have to actually turn on, allow support to, um, you know, so let's just say you're having an issue with something in your in your Salesforce environment. You click a button saying "Give support access for an hour," uh, and they'll get on a a video session with you to troubleshoot. But they don't even have access to your actual data. And when I mean by data, I mean the actual content in there. So I can configure a customer page with name, location, phone, fax. All the information that's in those fields is still protected and unaccessible from anybody other than who's in my organization. Yep. Um, it's encrypted uh, at rest. And then there's an additional uh, feature you can get, which they call shield, which gives you a little bit more from an audit perspective uh, and encrypting data and transit, things like that. Yeah. yeah. I love the example of the analogy of an apartment complex where we, we share things, we share the pool, we share the front desk, but uh, you know, I've got access to my stuff. Nobody else can get to mine, but the, the hallways and the elevators, we share those because, and then like you just said, maybe encrypt the, maybe we encrypt ourselves as we walk down the hall. That way we have another sense of security, but um, it is, it is the most scalable cost-effective way. Cause look, if you had to, if you truly built everybody's environment separate from each other in the cloud, the cost, you might as well just keep it on prem. Exactly. And you know, one thing that they also did from the onset was full transparency. So if you go to trust.salesforce.com, at any point in time, you can see the status health of all the instances, all the way down to the one that your org is sitting on. You can see all the maintenance that's been done to it. You can see scheduled maintenance that's been done to it. You can see if there were issues with it. Full transparency uh, at all times. Yeah. All right. So we were at Dreamforce a week ago or so, and we heard a lot about marketing cloud. If you've got customer data, 
that you're using to uh, better understand how to interact with those customers. It makes total sense that you would use that data and the constructs around it, engines around it to do the marketing. Help us understand what how Salesforce can be used for marketing. Yeah. So marketing, so we were kind of moving off of the sales, right? So if you think we got sales, we talked a little bit about service. Now we're talking about marketing. Um, and it's it's about connecting with your customers on preferred channels. So whether that be email, websites, social media, placing ads, you know, all the above, what Marketing Cloud allows you to do is interact with them on those channels, but also get intel intelligence from that. You know, how long did it take to open the email? Uh, what pages were they on? For example, if you're, you know, if you've got a, a web page and you can, you can basically, you can see all the uh, articles, all the pages that they've hit, basically, basically creating an intelligent uh, profile of your customers uh, from a marketing perspective. Yeah. Fred, how much do you know about Marketing Cloud? Uh, not, but I mean, I'd I say I find that very interesting, right? I think that's very smart, right? A very good use of it. Because when you know that customer, you have a lot of customer information, even back-end information around the customer, right? How do you map that to their needs as well? So I think that's a pretty powerful tool to use it as a marketing yeah. angle as well. So I'll, I'll use my view of the world. I, I look at the view of the world through marketing and then sales and then service. Now, that doesn't mean to demean service, nor does it mean to demean sales, but you got to let people know what it is you have for them to know about. And that's where it all starts with marketing. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, how do you use Salesforce for sales, Derek? Yeah. So this is kind of circling back to where we started with Sales Cloud. And, you know, this is this is talking about, you know, making the sales um, executives job easier, um, allowing them, you know, allowing them to do more uh, faster and more efficiently. And what I mean by that is I can go into my account. I can see everything I need to do. I can send emails directly from the platform if I want to. Um, with AI built in, we now have the ability to one-click button create emails that are personalized um, based on the intelligence of that, of that um, account. So for example, if you had a meeting two weeks ago right? The intelligence of that could be interwoven into the email uh, with a click of a button now leveraging some of the uh, some of the AI capabilities. But really, the I think the sweet spot is that, you know, let's just say you're out and you're going to meet with a customer, you pull up, pull out your phone, open up the Salesforce mobile app, go to the account and you look and you can see everything that you need to see from that account perspective. I can see emails, I can see contacts, I could also see service, whether that's service cloud or an integration service now, it would be great to know if they just opened a case and they have an issue so that I'm going in there with that knowledge instead of being blindsided by the fact that they just opened up a case. So it's putting those tools in the hands of the sales team so that they're as equipped as possible to close more deals. Yeah, Fred and I were just talking about uh, you know projects and projects going sideways or something, and we need every we need every element possible to aggregate things back to Salesforce to keep the sales team in the loop, as well as their own you know ability, their own desire to know what's going on, um, so that we can get in front of potential customer concerns, which are going to lead to sales issues later. So I like where Derek went with that because honestly, it was something I worked on in my past and being part of managed services and and having customers that we supported. 
that how do we use Salesforce for sales? I mean, this is what we did, right? To to your point, Derek, from your service side, you know, what are you doing to provide services for that customer? Making sure that information is aware in the system so they know, just like problems, issues, or things that are going on. Another thing is is the customer's landscape. What is the customer have that you're providing? And how is that relevant to things that may be um, in minus one or things that need to be updated or campaigns you have going on? So that whole marketing and sales, it all ties together. The more information you have, the more you can build on that and put it in front of the customer. You know, did you know, or would you like a trial period of this? Or would you like to upgrade that? And you can promote more sales by putting it in front of them and making them aware that they may not have known. Nobody's told them. So kind of even automating that from a, having it automated from that that mobile app you talked about. Making yep. the, the salesperson aware. You get ready to walk in this customer meeting and this is the combination of what they have. We have a new marketing around this. Make sure you talk to them about that. Yep. And there's a there's a whole suite of tools. And obviously, we, we can't get into all that on this one podcast. But there's a whole suite of uh, enablement tools. For example, Next Best Action, which can um, trigger based on characteristics of the account and tell the rep what the next best action might be. It might be, hey, you need to set up you know, set up a meeting with this person, or you need to recommend support to this individual to help with upsell. There's sales cadences where you can, if you know, you can uh, streamline the onboarding and basically help the sales reps kind of move through a process, a defined process to help move opportunities from one stage to another. So all those tools are, are built into the platform. That's perfect. All right, Derek, next section says, can Salesforce also work with B2C, business to customer, and B2B shopping and commerce. Yep. So we're in, and you know, there's a, a diagram in this article, they call it the wheel um, internally. Uh, and, you know, at the top it's sales, then at about, you know, one o'clock service, marketing's at, you know, two o'clock, commerce is three o'clock. Um, and that's where we're at right now. And yeah, so there is, and you'll you'll get to know that it's it's commerce cloud right? Marketing cloud, service cloud, sales cloud. And it is. So we there is a, a cloud dedicated to B2C and B2B shopping carts. Um, and, you know, that starts to, you start to kind of get this Lego approach. So think of like the traditional use case of somebody with a shopping, with a shopping uh, cart online. What do you do with a abandoned shopping cart? right? We get them all the time. I'm sure you've done this. You go somewhere, you put something in, you leave, and then you get an email. Hey, you left something in your shopping cart. Well, that's all coming from a platform like sales, uh, uh, Salesforce, working in conjunction with Commerce Cloud and Marketing Cloud, sending those emails, bringing that attention to the customers to try to get them to come back and, re and purchase whatever was in the cart. And Commerce Cloud is that solution for the customers that are looking to do, you know, online retail, on time, um, online commerce. Um, Derek, historically, I always viewed that as some type of, you know, database that somebody had constructed. And these days, is it mostly on a platform like Salesforce? Or is there a lot of people that still have it in these, their own little proprietary databases that need to move into a platform? I would say that there's, I'd say that there's probably still a bunch of people that need to move only because they're a little concerned about moving to something new. But I mean, it, it, to be competitive in today's space, you really do need to be on a platform like this with its agility. And, uh, you know, and that's that's other, another thing I want to touch on that I find really fascinating with Salesforce and what drew me to go work there for five years was the fact that you don't have to have, you know, 5,000 employees to use this software. 
if you, I mean, you can literally buy this software, obviously you have to pay for it, but I mean, you get the same. So if I'm a four person shop, I'm getting the same capabilities that a enterprise, you know, 20,000 employee customer is getting. I'm getting the same bits. I'm getting the same software. Um, so I, th I find that fascinating. Well, that kind of goes back to, yeah, you get all the magic of this. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's the way it's done is a, you know, single environment with multiple instances, you know, instance per customer or more uh, allows it to be scalable for both the biggest of the big, but also for the small. Yeah. And that was kind of the the driver when, you know, when we talk about AI is putting AI in the hands of everybody, not just the people that have, you know, the multi-million dollar budgets and, you know, thousands of employees, but let, let's let everybody have some of this stuff. Let's let everybody have a fair shot. Because, I mean, the reality of it is just like small business in the United States, it, it is the bigger business. It's just carved up chunk in a bunch of different instances, a bunch of different people. Correct. Fred, uh, any comments about the commerce point here? No, I'm good. I enjoyed listening in on that. So nothing to add, I should say. Uh, what about customer service? Are there Salesforce tools for that? Yes, indeed. So, I mean, that's really the true main, the true probably most popular pieces from my perspective are sales cloud and service cloud. Um, and, you know, this is where we've, you know, very similar to a service now where you've got cases You've got knowledge base chatbots. You've got the ability to um, self-service with web web-based front ends. Um, you know the the service service cloud is a full-featured service um, solution, and it's built obviously right in right in the platform, right next to Sales Cloud. And like I said, if you think about this, you know. With that right there in the platform, I now can see everything that the customer. Uh, is doing from a service perspective, uh, you know, I may have opportunities open, uh, but I'm also aware of issues. It, no more do I get blindsided by stuff, um, you know, not knowing that they have cases of support because it's a separate system. Yeah. yeah. If I go back to this whole thing, it all centers around the uh, CRM. And if you go back to kind of this uh, comment we all make all the time in, in business, in the business world, the customer's always right. It's that customer centric approach that everything comes from that um, it makes sense for the platform to be constructed the way it is. Fred, any comments on this one? Well, I would say just like what we talk about and the building blocks and you see the wheel that Derek talks about. I mean, if you really want to achieve really good customer experience and customer satisfaction, I mean, part of it is having that full view. So having a, a customer service arm of this that feeds into it, that lets it know. Again, like Derek said, with well, this part of it integrated too, that's a really extremely important part of it. And I will tell you, I deployed all of this in a previous role for a specific customer set in Germany and did it all end to end and it worked very well together, right? Being able to have that service side tied into the sales side and everybody sharing that information across all channels made it very easy to use. Yeah. So based on my background and the background of Zintegra, the last conversation around services was, was interesting. Now all of a sudden I've got this comment, what about IT? Derek, where does Salesforce fit into an IT world? So, couple of different areas. Um, the one that really I think is pertinent that we can talk about here is it's, you know, essentially an, an application platform as a service. So we've talked about sales cloud, service cloud, marketing cloud, uh, commerce cloud, and you can also just buy a platform license. Uh, and what that means is you get the, the platform without the pre-packaged pieces 
that those other clouds give you. And what I mean by that is that in sales cloud, you have an account, you have a contact, you have an opportunity. Um, in marketing, you know, in commerce cloud, you may not have a account contact, you may have a customer, right? And so the data models shift based on the language that you use for what you're trying to solve. And it's all done for you. You can get the platform and build any application that you want. Um, so for example, I'll go outside the box here. If you wanted to manage like a football team with Salesforce, then you would have player. You wouldn't have, a, you wouldn't have an, a, a contact or a customer. It would be a player, name of a player, position for the player, custom fields. Are they first string, second string? Um, are they, you know, have you signed a contract? All that stuff could be completely customized and managed online with the Salesforce platform. Yeah. Do you see Salesforce growing in this this piece? Like yeah, I mean, this is a this is a pretty big this is a pretty big area from a perspective of, um, you know, applications, you know, online web applications. And interestingly enough, you know, sometimes you may not even notice that it's Salesforce, right? It's it's the back end of this is a Salesforce app, but it's you know you're accessing it through a website or something that you're you're not even really aware that it's backended by Salesforce, which is, which is common um, because, because again, most people associate it with just CRM. Right. Derek, I have a question for you because you spent five years at Salesforce. So I'm dying to know this from some of the customer conversations I have. When people think about Salesforce IT organizations, even where I was, even though IT, the organization I was in even paid for Salesforce, we didn't really own it. We weren't the driver. It was a sales organization. So I'm seeing some of that trend in other places too. Do you think the days of, Salesforce kind of being perceived as being a sales and sales only tool coming into IT organizations to own the tool and use the tool and promote the tool? Or did you see different in that when you were working at Salesforce? No. Yeah. I mean, so a lot of the conversations of adopting Salesforce are from the business perspective, like a, a line of business, a business owner, um, the, the IT folks will get involved when it comes to like multi-factor authentication or integration with third-party platforms and services, um, encryption, things like that. But I will say that with the movement of AI and large language models and, and whatnot, I, I feel like IT is going to be a little bit more involved from the perspective of securing corporate data. Um, even more so than they have been just because, you know, now we're actually putting AI out there to take a look and leverage corporate data for modeling and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, I do see them getting more involved, but I do still, I, I don't really, I still think that the ownership and the drive is mostly coming from the business still to, uh, from my perspective. Well, and in theory, it always should, but IT kind of, you know, dictated and took over a lot of the technology um, platforms and things that happen and the business driving it while IT advises and tries to help secure it and make it more efficient makes perfect sense to me. But I think this article is kind of saying that IT organizations should utilize it and gain yeah. the 19% decrease, right? That's what I'm saying. It's going to be difficult for an IT organization to, to use it unless they really understand they have some ownership of it and what it can do for them versus just looking at it as a pure sales tool. That, that was kind of the point I was driving, right? You have to get a CIO that understands how it can be used in other areas and just maybe just a sales only. Yeah. And it's, and I'm sure you did this. I'm sure you did it. Right. It's the uh, platform consolidation effort, right. Sure. Is like, you buy into one of these it's okay. Well, wait a minute. We've got two or three things now to do the same thing. 
All right. And then you have to start saying, can Salesforce do it? That should be top of mind. And if it can, then you look and see, all right, is it, 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 does that satisfy what we need? And, you know, you could have a couple different application development platform products, what have you, that you could fold into to the platform of Salesforce. Yep. And now you're consolidating even more on the platform. Agreed. No, I love it. All right. Next section says, uh, see an example of Salesforce at work. Derek, I think this could be its own blog. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one we could, you know, we could probably do. Uh, it's it's really like, so sales, you know, storytelling, right? This is a big part of, you know, if you've ever had, uh, go to a, a meeting with Salesforce, uh, you know, it's the art of telling a story to kind of get the point across on how the products work. And this is about L'Oreal, who's been showcased in a lot of the dream forces and whatnot. And it's just showing all of these things coming together uh, for, you know, this, you know, this company to satisfy all the customer needs and you know they they touch on service sales cloud marketing etc um through through this discussion yeah maybe maybe we do that maybe tee that up and go through these one at a time and talk through the different use cases and what they did with it yep uh next and next in uh, almost last uh section says what is salesforce best known for yeah so we've touched on that a couple times but i would say that if if you asked, if you went out on the road, you know, people would probably say, oh, CRM. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, I, I wanted to kind of talk about this because, you know, there's a lot of people that probably don't realize how much, and we haven't even touched on all of it, but um, CRM is probably what it's best known for. It's also probably best known for, you know, being the kind of the leader in this space um, by a significant margin, as we saw at Dreamforce last week. Um, the other thing is that, you know, Salesforce likes to talk about their one, one, one model, and that's their philanthropic model where they, they donate, you know, time product, um, to the community. And, you know, for example, they've given, you know, they give nonprofits 10 free licenses, um, of the software. They, you know, allow employees 58 hours of community service. So that's another, you know, th this is, it's all about the community. It's all about the kind of culture that Salesforce is cultivating with the product and the folks that use it. And it's really, you know, coming from somebody that's worked inside Salesforce, you know, it's um, infectious as far as I can say, is that you get customers that start embracing this platform um, and the marketing that they've put around it with the characters and, the you know, the, the cartoon look and feel of trying to make something complicated, not be complicated is, is really impressive from that perspective. Right. Fred, any comments on this part? No, I mean, you know, if you speak Salesforce, everybody knows the number one is CRM and, and has been, I think that's when it started. That's what it did. So known for, I think I'm starting to understand more. Of what it's known for too and like they was hitting on generosity they're given to nonprofits. the uh, licenses use of that donation of the time uh did not know that until recently so that's really good but yeah definitely what it's known for crm for sure well and i'm going to just repeat the zintegra commercial from a little bit ago and that is we i'm i'm conflicted because i see all these other things we could do with it and i want to go do that at the same time i know that companies just like zintegra is still is 
it's under using the CRM functionality and there's so much to be done there to help people get the true value they're getting or paying for out of the tool just on the CRM side alone. So sales cloud, and then there's all the other things that are going to happen with marketing cloud, service cloud and AI and so on and so forth. Um, just, just super excited to have such uh, a little frustrated that there's so many people struggling with something that's so powerful, but also see the opportunity to make a, a really good business. Well, Andy, that's what's so perfect about having someone like Derek here, right? Because we see what is it known for? Okay, that's what it's known for, but there's so many more things it can do. There's so many more ways it can help you and you own it. So utilize it, right? And Derek just needs to help some of these people understand how to do that because they just may not know. Don't yeah. know what you don't know. Yeah. I look at it like it's a, like a box of Legos and you're either the type of person that gets a new Lego set, lays everything out, gets the instructions and does everything step by step, or you're the person that takes it out and just starts building something. Right. So, you know, we can help with, I mean, that, the, both of those types of people need help uh, with the Salesforce platform, just from a perspective of, you know, understanding the ramifications of adding a custom object versus using a standard object, adding too many custom fields versus leveraging a related object, things like that um, can really have an impact on the performance and the, you know, the usability. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Last one. And this is why is Salesforce obsessed with customers and why are customers obsessed with Salesforce? I added that second piece. <laughs> yeah. Um, let, so it's really like that whole vision, right? Of what they call the customer 360 is the whole point of all of this. It's to it's to build that end-to-end -end, um, vision of your customer so that you can turn around and provide that personalized experience that they want. Uh, and with the tools, uh, you know, all that we've talked about today and there's, you know, even more from like analytics and AI and all that good stuff. Um, those are the enablers to allow the customers to achieve that with their customers. Right. And, but S Salesforce is hyper-focused on that from a perspective of it's literally the first value in the value, you know, it's, it's, it's trust customer success, right. It's the second value in their values. Um, so yeah, they are, it is number one, top of mind is about the customer. Yeah, I, I love the, it's about the customer emotion. I love the, how, how the fact that it was born in the cloud and they just got so far out in front of everybody else that everybody else is an afterthought. It seems like uh, they had a slide last week at some point, it showed their market share and everybody else's. And it was, it was almost a joke where, you know, people are compared to where Salesforce is and, you know, seems to have plenty of runway left. Yep. I mean, and there's a whole ecosystem on top of the platform, which we haven't even discussed. Maybe we could get into that next time. They call the app exchange. Yeah. Um, and I, a funny aside real quick uh, is that in, the, and you'll hear this in the book, but you know, Benioff was uh, good friends with uh, Steve jobs and he actually owned um, the app store URL and gifted it to Steve jobs when he created the iPhone. So that was, it's pretty crazy when you think about like the impact um, that, that, you know, Salesforce and some of these big corporations like Apple, et cetera, have had on what we do day to day. And I thought that was a, an interesting little tidbit from the book. So I'll, I'll throw this two cents in too. It, it seems like customers love Salesforce, but almost every customer we talked to wasn't happy with how they're using or how they rolled out Salesforce. Yeah, it's, it's that box of Legos, right? Um, 
it's easy. And, you know, we didn't really get into the whole no code, low code concept by uh, as well. Um, what this platform is strives to be declarative. And what I mean by that is point and click, not writing code. Um, but like I said before, right, there's, you know, if you're not, if you're not, um, trained up or educated on like the fundamentals of how the platform works, then you may not realize that just by adding, you know, 15 custom objects is, is a, not a good practice. It will work. It will work. No, it's nothing wrong as far as it working, but because it works doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. Right. And we're getting into the whole best practice conversation there. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration occurs um, and then I also think a lot of the frustration occurs is because a lot of partners out there will come in and say, what do you want us to do? And somebody says, I want to take three rights to take a left and say, okay, not the most efficient way to go left though. Um, well, no, they, they don't, they don't tell them that they're like, okay, pay me to make those three rights happen for you. Yeah. They, yeah. they don't push back. They just, they say, okay. And then another partner comes in and says, well, you know, why do you make right-hand turns? Let's make a bunch of those. Like, where are you going? What's the yeah. point? Yep. Yeah. All right, Fred, any uh any more comments on this section here? Well, uh, I think it's great. It aligns with the integrity story of customer first. And then and then I look down, Derek, and there's this last section, which is a whole other topic section, or a whole other element, another degree of topics we could cover. Learn more about the power of AI, CRM, and trust. Those sound like future podcasts. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've we've only scratched the surface. I mean, there is you know, there's a ton of uh, um, areas that we're going to explore. Um, you know, data cloud is another one that was announced at Dreamforce this year. Um, so we'll we'll talk about that and why that's important. Analytics, why that's important. Um, tying it all together, though. Again, it's it's tying it all together on the platform is the key. Yep. Yep. And we're here to help do that. So, guys, I appreciate the time today. And uh, Derek, hope we accomplished our goal of trying to simplify Salesforce for people, including our own internal people, as well as customers that we'll be working with. Uh, anything else to leave us with before we let you go? No, I think that's uh, I think that's a wrap for that one. Yeah. All right, Fred, anything we should cover? No, I'm just excited to participate and listen to the rest that, that uh, come out. Looks like there's a lot to cover. I, I do like the fact that Salesforce seems to have a ton of blogs we can talk about. That's That's going to be limitless. There's no lacking of that. Absolutely. All right, yeah. guys. Well, we'll do it again uh, in two weeks. Thank you for your time. All right. Thanks.